0: That's the actual reason that we call the podcast The Fuzzy Mike. Really? Because it's got this fuzzy Don King hair-looking sort of thing on it.
1: looks kind of like our hair.
0: No, your little, hair looks that's much That's
1: my dream beard. Little right silver there. fox. <laughs> that's the dream
0: the, beard, huh, Curtis? Yeah. If you do a
1: sideways faux hawk on this thing, it's uh,
2: my exact hair. Yeah, it's pretty close. Without the
1: product?
0: Without the product, but I know you guys were in Walgreens earlier today <laughs> looking for a hair care yeah. product. Oh, yeah. Uh, who's the biggest diva amongst the two of you? in what hair care anything hair care i got an idea who that's going to
1: be brad Uh, i mean i ordered mine on amazon get a decent discount
0: you yeah. order your hair gel on Amazon? I do.
2: I do as well. I actually just bought a new product today on Amazon. I can not even show you my order history to prove I it. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> my Don't order history to <laughs>
0: prove it. Uh, joining me on the fuzzy mic, uh, the country of Canada has had a lot of great exports uh, come to America, uh, most notably Rush, uh, the Tragically Hip, uh, Jim Carrey in the way huge of comedy. Fan.
1: We're huge fans of Jim Carrey. We actually have a picture on Instagram of my hair. Ace Ventura. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, you've yeah. also, Brad, been known to uh, look like uh, Ivan Drago, uh, Dolph Lundgren. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and we'd never seen that movie. We grew up without TV, so we never seen any. Of the, people keep saying, you look like the guy in this movie, and... Haven't seen it, and you look like the guy with vanilla
0: ice. Vanilla ice? I said ice, I've ice, heard baby. of ice. Definitely you just heard have of such ice. Such a generic face.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I think it's the swirl of the hair is what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah it's the way you guys comb the hair. Uh, also, exports from Canada that we're big prone, uh, prone to fans of down here, and that is uh, maple syrup and, oh, yeah. uh, and lumberjacking. The
2: lumberjacking, yes.
1: So, you know what? One thing that Americans always ask us is uh, Canadian bacon. Uh-huh. And um, they ask us about Canadian bacon, and the truth is we'd never heard of Canadian bacon until coming to the U.S. Really? So we went to Pizza Hut and ordered pepperoni and bacon, and the waiter said, would you like Canadian bacon? And, and we're like, oh, what's that? And she explained it. We're like, oh, you mean ham? No, we would like bacon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Canada because my guests on the fuzzy mic today are Brad and Curtis. High Valley, the next great export out of Canada. Guys, you guys have an awesome sound. Thank, Thank you. you very much. And you guys are not new to the music industry at all. Fifteen or so years uh, together. I mean, you've been together for your entire lives because you're brothers.
1: Yeah. correct. Our family recorded our first record when I was four years old, which would make Curtis... I was
0: negative two at the time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So... Uh, we recorded in like our church, you know, and, and I had a great song as a four-year-old called Self-Control. The opening line was, once I had a knot in my shoe and it would not come loose. So, fairly captivating lyrics.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. well, will that eventually make its way to a High Valley song? That would be great. <laughs> I hope not, but... Uh... Lyrics like that
2: just, they grab your attention oh, immediately. Don't they, though? Oh, oh yeah, you're man. hooked.
0: Okay, so you guys have probably retold this story countless times, but for fans in America who are just learning about High Valley, uh, an interesting story with the family having been in Mexico.
1: Yeah, our mom and dad were both born and raised in Cuktaimuk, which is in Chihuahua, Mexico, and um, they were horse and buggy, no electricity Mennonites, um, very much like the Amish. We always say that you know Mennonites are like Amish who are too cheap to buy the costume. So that's kind of <laughs> how how they were raised and um
2: we just get whatever costumes on sale.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they uh, decided our grandpa got a vehicle and that of course wasn't allowed uh, in the Mennonite colony world so they moved and they rode this massive box truck with grandpa and grandma and their 10 kids and uh Another family. There was 20 kids and four adults on this truck, and they rode all the way from Mexico up to Canada. Sleeping
2: in the ditches and stuff like that. It's crazy.
1: Pretty nuts. But we grew up way up north. um, I don't know why on earth they moved so far north, but we're just east of Juneau, Alaska. Yeah,
0: anytime you can leave the harsh conditions of Mexico and go to the temperate climate of La Crit, Alberta, (laughs) you're doing something. They must
2: not have had any breakfast
0: burritos (laughs) while they were driving through Texas.
1: Yeah, if they'd had the Tex-Mex down here, they would have stuck around, guaranteed. Or the brisket. That's kind of our our favorite thing down here. Now, let me
0: ask you about this, because you've been in Texas a couple of days, but you had brisket in Kansas City, which there's a healthy rivalry of barbecue between Texas and Kansas city missouri
1: i don't want to lose any fans in texas so i'm just nor gonna... missouri
0: because this is on a podcast so they're okay, all going
1: yeah there you go well I'll, t- I'll tell you what we have not had barbecue on this trip in texas yet now by the end of the day i hope that changes but i will say the kansas city barbecue was quite great uh we've been uh, at a barbecue joint outside of fredericksburg texas between fredericksburg and kerrville named cranky frank cranky frank okay yeah. That's amazing. They always have the Fritos uh, with the brisket sandwiches, and uh, it's amazing if you're ever in Fredericksburg. Uh, We spend a lot of time out in the hill country, out in Texas.
0: It's great, isn't it?
1: And uh, we love it out there. We've had some great barbecue. We've had some amazing Tex-Mex. Our favorite are the little kind of dives that open early in the morning where you can go for breakfast burritos. That's my favorite.
0: Now, when you were growing up in La Crit, which is a 14-hour drive from Calgary, is that right? Yeah,
1: I mean, I could do it in probably eleven hours if you don't stop.
0: Okay, but it oh. is a long drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. North of Calgary, definitely. There's roughly thirty six hundred people in the whole city, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, basically, we're like I know everybody in every country band says they're from a small town somewhere. Uh, we legitimately were three hundred miles from the nearest Walmart, nearest McDonald's. Nearest uh, movie theater, oh, nearest so Curtis, mall.
0: So, you're very familiar with ordering off of Amazon then.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had to, hey, to get
0: supplies. Yeah, well, when we moved to Nashville,
2: I was like, Amazon Prime, what is this? Yeah, and uh, it's changed good. our lives.
1: No word of a lie. If you, right now, let's say you want to send my parents something in our hometown, uh-huh. you go FedEx overnight, right, or UPS overnight, next day delivery guaranteed, confirmed. Pay 100 bucks, put it in an envelope, it will go to Edmonton. It will definitely not get to our town overnight. The next day it'll go on a truck and they'll drive 500 miles. They will drop it at the gas station in La Crete and they will not bring it to your door, even if you pay for that. And you will then just have to stop by the gas station and say, hey.
2: Every couple of days you check in to see if they have a package for you.
1: And then they go back and check it out, you know, and they're like, Yep, there's a box here. Sometimes
2: for you. your packages end up in Peace River, which is three hours away. <laughs> and then you just have to figure out some way to get it to your town.
1: So we never ordered hair product online growing no. up.
0: Of course not. You wouldn't have you wouldn't have it to this day. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> this is the Fuzzy Mike. Brad and Curtis, uh, High Valley, are uh, are joining me today. And we get back to LaCrete, the the population there. You guys have like 58 people in your family. Why didn't they just call it Rempleville?
1: <laughs> you know what? Our family is one of the smallest. It's a Mennonite Seriously? town. It, it's 99.9% of our town's population is Mennonite. A lot of people have 10 kids.
2: There are several women who have given birth to more than 20 kids in yeah. our town.
1: So when our mom only had six kids, we were considered... Swagger. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> what she do with her time?
0: Yeah, what did she do? So this is interesting to me, okay? So you grew up uh, in a Mennonite family. Yeah. Mennonites uh, do not tend to go towards the electricity. Yeah. Uh, so radio and TV, not friendly to the family. Now you're making your living off of radio yeah. and electricity with music.
1: And videos on CMT and, and all that. And the
0: internet. That. And how's the family reacting to this?
1: Our family's ultra supportive. We've always our music's always been about family, you know, it's been real family friendly, real positive. We love like today, you know, visiting uh, you guys here at the station, seeing this mom and dad bringing their two kids to the show. That's our absolute favorite. If we could be famous for one thing, it would be that we would be the country band that made families want to go. You know, you don't drop your kids off at a babysitter. You don't get your mom and dad to drop you off at the show. You go together as a family.
0: So what is the sound of High Valley? I've heard it. I've yeah. heard it on live. I've heard it on YouTube. How do you classify it? Because I have my own way. Yeah, but yeah. I want to hear how you guys classify High Valley.
1: I mean, I, I'd say the best way to summarize it is imagine dudes who grew up with a lot of acoustic music and harmony and very little influence from any popular music at all because literally we didn't have it
0: well you said it was until 2007 you guys had not seen tv or movies
1: well no we'd seen some tv and movies but we never heard of michael jackson we didn't know and for christmas this year our attorney bought us the 20 most famous albums that we've never heard and what uh, were they what there's were some of michael them? jackson elton john um, um chicago, chicago uh we don't know how i mean yeah it's hard
2: to remember the 20 names because they're <laughs> names we hadn't heard of
1: basically people always make fun of us like you've never heard led zeppelin or aerosmith the, or, or
2: even tv shows like stuff we had, we grew up with one what well, we at first we had no tv and then finally when we got a tv we had one
0: channel and it, it was, was like the news yeah so we were yeah. just not exposed so then what yeah. was culture shock like when you went to nashville
1: Man, you know, I remember um, 2007 we got, uh, I got a, a little publishing deal as a songwriter in
0: Nashville. and well, Because of that not lyric. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was a, that's a heady lyric, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, the first no, song I ever I wrote should. was actually called uh, Once I Had a, uh, no. Uh, Ants in My Pants. Ants in My Pants for $20. I... <laughs> I Apparently, was fascinated with having ants in my pants, but I also wanted to make some money off of, off of the ants. Makes so, sense to me. So, yeah. <laughs> ants in my pants for $20. Um, so I'm there at this publishing deal, and I played my favorite song. We all had to play our favorite song and tell people why. And I played a Diamond Rio song, because later on in life, our sisters taught us about Diamond Rio and Alabama and all the vocal groups. And the next person played Billy Jean. And everybody's oohing and on about what an iconic, life-changing song it is. And I like, uh, looked like a freak when I raised my hand and said, excuse me, who is that girl? And that's when <laughs> I found out that I was, in fact, a guy and, and that Michael Jackson's ultra-famous. And now, of course, we know better, but that was 2007. We were just kind of you know, starting to get up to speed.
2: So in a nutshell, our music is kind of old school and new school with about two decades in between missing. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's our sound. But would you call
0: it contemporary? Would you call it Christian? Would you call it bluegrass? Would you call it country?
1: I'd definitely call it country. I think if uh, you listen to a High Valley record, it'll sound incredibly country. Um, uh, No offense, but compared to a lot of other things, it'll sound very country. We love all this stuff. We love Imagine Dragons. We love the Lumineers. Um, We love Dirks Bentley and Miranda Lambert. And we also love Ricky Skaggs. So uh, the, the main thing it is, is it's authentic to us. And I'm not going to lie, we did spend a few years trying to chase country radio and make the sounds that other people were making. And it didn't honestly work out very well for us. And finally we said, you know what, let's just do what we did since we were little kids, and make that kind of music.
0: I'm not sure if you know who this artist is, but he's in Nashville. He's Jared Neiman. I'm, he's, yeah, of gr- course. a prolific songwriter. Yeah. Uh, he's one of my favorites, and he said, Brad, exactly what you just said. You don't write songs to chase radio. You write songs that you yourself would like to hear, and if you're passionate about it, they will be found. Exactly. Yeah. You know, And that's one of the things that I love about you guys is that it is a passionate feel and vibe when you listen to you guys play. That's
1: awesome. Thank you.
0: Yeah. No, it, I, but I want to find out what you guys think about this quote. It says uh, that uh, that this duo could easily turn hard down a soulful, organic road Chris Stapleton CMA success cleared in November. That is a, a, a quote attributed to what somebody thinks you guys could become this year.
1: Wow. wow. I mean, Chris Stapleton is absolutely amazing, so that's obviously very flattering. Um, we love acoustic music. I mean, our live shows, we definitely crank it up and have a full six-piece band, you know, but... Our favorite is when people come on the bus to hear us on the bus, and there's no electricity, and it's literally just us showing them what we've got in a real small space.
0: Well, and that's what you guys did today downstairs in an, in a it was basically a conference room, but you guys filled the room. It was a big sound.
1: Well, you have to remember, growing up, um, all we had was a bass guitar that our dad had and a twelve string acoustic that our mom had, and obviously a bunch of kids, right? <laughs> You're bored out of your mind if you don't do music. So, I mean, we made a lot of music, and you, and you had to try and fill it with, with that amount of instruments. And, and even to this day, Christmas Day at, at our house, um, mom and dad have a lot of grandkids now because our sisters have so many kids. And there's 36 of us there on Christmas. So and, they picked up where mom left off. Exactly. Yeah. All right. But every kid, every grandkid, to get their present for Christmas for mom and dad has to either sing a song or recite a Bible verse. So there's a lot of the next generation of Remples making a lot of music as well.
0: Brad and Curtis are my guests on the Fuzzy Mic. We're talking to High Valley today. 16 uh, acts to watch in 2016 on CMT. You guys were mentioned in there along with Granger Smith and Maren Morris, Brandi Clark. Uh, also, uh, number 8 on the Hot Artist to Watch in 2016. I jumped the gun a little bit. I wanted you to retell the story about uh, Ricky Skaggs. Uh, because your parents are, are a big part of this story, but then after you tell that, I want to ask you what your parents think of this success that you guys are having.
1: Yeah, I mean, Ricky Skaggs was one person who we had heard of growing up, you know, it was a, it was a small amount of artists, um, pretty much bluegrass gospel and country gospel stuff, That and he had some gospel records out, and um, our parents loved him. They drove all the way down to Nashville for their honeymoon. Um, you know, and that's a 45-hour drive. So. 45 hours. Yeah, 45 hours of drive time. So um, our parents love the Grand Ole Opry, and now just a couple months ago, Curtis and I got to play the Grand Ole Opry together with Ricky Skaggs, played Make You Mine, our brand-new single. It was the coolest moment oh, yeah. of our lives, just unbelievable.
2: We have video of uh – us rehearsing "Make You Mind backstage at the Opry with Ricky Skaggs in our dressing
0: room it was pretty sweet. Were your parents there?
1: Our parents got to see us the first time we played the Opry a little earlier than that, and um, they've just—they're so supportive and proud and and thankful for for it all. Our dad was our first record label executive. You know, back in the day, <laughs> he took out a mortgage against the farmland in two thousand and one, brought us down to Nashville. I was, you know, fifteen years ago, and. um It's just, they've been so supportive. It's been amazing.
0: Has it been very difficult to break into American mainstream? Because you guys have had two Juno Awards in in Canada, which is the equivalent to our Grammys. I mean, you guys are massive in your home country. What is it going to take for you to reach that level here in America?
1: uh, You know, all I know for sure is that we're doing what we love to do right now. It feels real, and for whatever reason, a few weeks ago, a bunch of record labels in Nashville all of a sudden got excited about it. I think it had something to do with our video and the amount of hits it was getting on YouTube and and uh, iTunes and stuff like that. And anyway, the record labels started calling, which hadn't happened before, and um, we signed with Warner Brothers, which we're thrilled about assigned together with Atlantic Records in New York City, and we got to go to New York City, a bunch of farm boys just looking super out of place. And
0: Now, I want to ask been... you about that because, uh, Brad, you're you're holding the, the camera, you're holding the, the, the phone, and you're walking in Times Square,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: Curtis has gloves on, and he says, oh, man, it's cold here. You guys grew up in a place where minus 58 Fahrenheit <laughs> is not uncommon. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: true, and uh, here's the truth uh being cold sucks (laughs) and uh and when you live in the north you you have a you have warm clothes available all the time you know you got a coat hangers in the entrance of every house and your coat is hanging there ready so you can go outside and up north you don't spend time outside when it's cold you get in your car you drive to the next building and then you get in the building you know and it's you have the right clothing and and it doesn't matter
0: being cold is just not Ideal, but up near Juno, fourteen eleven hour drive north of Calgary. It's a dry cold. Right? Yeah, it's a dry, oh, yeah. it doesn't go right through your bones like oh, a moist yeah. cold does. No, it does. No, it, it does. <laughs>
1: yeah, you can hardly breathe. It'll it'll your nostrils. It, everything starts freezing. It's crazy. People actually die in our area from their vehicles breaking down and trying to walk to like the next house.
2: When I got married, uh, it was uh, thirty below. And, um, we did our wedding photos outside and my wife is wearing a wedding dress without sleeves and like, she's like freezing her butt off out there and during the photos and she looked fantastic, but her- All worth it. Her knuckles were cracking and bleeding while we were taking pictures.
0: Women are infinitely tougher than men. That's why they have babies. Amen to that. That's why we don't. We're talking to High Valley. I want to congratulate and commend you guys on that video that was on your Facebook page. You guys went and visited, I, I think, a pediatric cancer patient in Baton Rouge, and you played solo for her in... Her hospital room? Yeah. That was amazing. Oh, man, it was amazing for us. What does it feel like to be able to do that for somebody who...
1: She was going through a tough time. We heard about her through uh, the local station, and um, we went in, and, I mean, it was already a special moment, and and we were getting energy from her, and she was getting energy from us, and it it was a good moment, but I said, man, would you mind if we shared this so that all our fans could talk to you and comment. So yeah, now you we're live. Yeah, live yeah. So we yeah. went live on Facebook, which we do quite often. And um, thankfully, so many of our fans. We, if we had like horrible fans, we wouldn't have done this. But we know our fans. We know how awesome they are. And we just said, hey guys, you know, give Maddie a little bit of encouragement. And I don't know. I think forty thousand people tuned in and started yeah. just making her. We heard from her mom and dad and her grandparents and her aunts and uncles and and everybody's commenting on there and, and the whole world was just taking care of this girl. It was really special for us to be honestly a really small part of that.
0: Yeah, it was amazing to watch and uh, a pediatric cancer patient spirit is unbreakable. Yeah. And, and you guys probably saw that firsthand.
1: It was unbelievable. It's such a, I mean, we we're spoiled. We still feel guilty. We grew up on a farm, so we feel guilty that we get to hang on this fancy bus every day and go make music for a living. So anytime we can do anything that Helps somebody out makes us really happy and feel like our job is useful.
0: It beats working for a living, doesn't it? <laughs> Definitely. Okay, <laughs> yeah. talking to High Valley. Just a few more things. Uh, puppy monkey baby. You guys hashtag. That. Oh, I love I love that commercial. Was that the greatest? It was hilarious. We're still talking about it this day. Yeah. Any idea what the product they were oh, they were pushing? Oh uh, shoot. Um. Doesn't matter. Mountain does Dew Kickstarter. Kickstart. Mountain yeah Dew yeah. Kickstart.
1: Nailed it. Take the three best things in life, which was what caffeine, Mountain Dew, and something else fruit juice i think yeah, something sure. like that yeah <laughs> uh i never you, knew those were the three best things in life Well,
0: now you know in canada you guys have opened for reba mcintyre best piece of advice she gave you
1: uh reba was just at a at a festival i think the best uh tour we've done in in canada is a uh, little big town honestly we did little big town and alan jackson both in the same year and uh shania twain was really cool we did a couple uh Date's opening for Shania one of the, a couple of years ago, when she had only two shows for the entire year. And we go out, and there's 15,000 people, a huge arena, and they let us know right before we walk on stage. They said, um, hey, there's no MC you know, nobody's introducing you. It's just walk out there and start. And I'm like, man, that sucks. So I said, can you turn the lights off? And they made the entire arena pitch black, and we walked out and put on our guitars. And I said, ladies and gentlemen, please rise and join me in singing. High Valley's first song, and they turned the lights on. And we started. We had a fifteen thousand person standing ovation before our first song. That's so, awesome. Worked out good.
0: Working the system. <laughs> That's working great. Brad Paisley, you opened for him. Did he prank you? Yeah. Uh, he, he did <laughs> not. He,
1: do? he did not prank us, but uh, he is obviously notorious for that. I mean, we've been. Everybody's been so good to us. I mean, Little Big Town was the nicest people in the world. When you open for somebody, they don't really need to take care of you with catering and all the backstage stuff they can basically say you know you're lucky to have a chance to sing here right but with little big town they were getting us breakfast lunch and dinner and after we'd get on the bus and they would have provided us with food there too they were they're genuine they, they were, were the awesome. yeah they're amazing the I,
2: worst I, thing about little big town is how perfect their harmonies
0: are yeah you guys are right there oh man your harmonies are incredible you know what
1: we're not looking for that compliment they're just they're no, I know so you're not. good they're so good and we a lot of times you open for people and you're like, cool show. It's little big town. You open for them and you say, amazing show. I want to watch it every single night, no matter how many shows we get to open.
0: I want to watch him just because of Kimberly. I have a huge crush on her. And she knows it, too. <laughs> there you she go. didn't ask about me, did she? Awkward. <laughs> uh, yeah, she did. She was asking about you. When you guys uh, played with Keith Urban, did, there was a language barrier. Did you? Were you able to understand <laughs> each other?
1: You know the first time I met Keith Urban was well we were both there at a Ricky Skaggs CD release uh, at Tower Records in Nashville. Yeah. We were there recording a record. This was man I don't know 05 or t- 2003 I have no idea. I
2: think I was 11.
1: Okay, so it was a while ago.
2: 2001.
1: 2001 we're there Keith Urban's just got like uh, his brand new I want to be your everything I think his debut because he was in a band called The Ranch which I which I loved growing up. Wow. So now he's Your fan. He's got his his debut song out, and he's there with his mom, and we're there with our mom and dad, and there's literally 20 or 30 people there for this little Ricky Skaggs autograph signing, and Keith Urban's a huge Ricky Skaggs fan. So we got to hang out. My mom and I were talking to uh, Keith and his mom for quite a while, and, of course, a year goes by, and he's a massive superstar, but it was pretty cool to know that uh, we got to have some hang time, and I was a huge fan of Keith Urban before he was called. Keith Urban
0: oh yeah no with the ranch that goes back a long yeah, long man. way we didn't have tv awesome but band.
1: our town had a, a youth drop-in center with cable tv so my we live 20 miles out of town on the farm but my buddies would call me when the ranch was on tv on cmt and they'd say hey the ranch is on and they'd put the phone up to the tv so i could hear it How so
0: awesome to have friends like that yeah that's super cool all right, now uh, accents leads me to the final thing that I'd like to do with you guys anyway, and that is I love the thing you do on Facebook, Face Off Friday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, I would like for you guys to do an episode of Face Off Friday on the Fuzzy Mike podcast, All right. and I'm going to give you the category, accents. Okay. W- which one? You would ask Curtis to do an accent, and okay. then Curtis, you would ask Brad to do an accent. Is that okay. the way that it works on okay. Face Off?
1: Okay. Sure, yeah. Okay. Curtis asked me first, and I'll try it, and then okay. we'll go.
0: Uh, British. Um.
1: It's bloody cold out here in La but High Valley sure sounds amazing and is warming my soul.
0: And now people would go on your Facebook page and vote to see who did the better accent, right? Okay. Yeah, or okay, on our so-
1: fan club. We have an app, High Valley Official, in the app store, so they go on there and do that too.
0: All right, so Brad, your turn to ask Curtis to do
1: uh Curtis, uh, I would like you to do, I would want you to do a Mongolian accent.
0: <laughs> oh, shoot. There's
2: this thing called Mongolian throat singing that I don't know how to do, but there's the one part that sounds kind of like
0: that's all i got <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good is, if i'm voting brad no offense curtis you get it man i
2: oh,
1: yeah, yeah, was, was trying Amazing. to set him up for failure man no,
0: but anytime you can go to mongolian throat singing <laughs> impromptu like that yeah. that's winner
1: we have heard that impromptu mongolian throat singing
0: is usually a good idea so uh final question guys high valley 2016 what's a great year for you guys what happens?
1: Well, we're going to London, England to open for Carrie Underwood at the O2 Arena in a few weeks. And it's, I mean, right now, it's like the whole year ends after that. We've got to figure <laughs> out how to beat that. So,
0: Are there oh, tours being talked about ton- for you
1: guys? Tons of tours, oh. yeah. We're doing uh, a lot of our own headlining dates uh, up north and then a lot of opening for folks down here at festivals. And um, man, we're just we're really booked up right now, just going all over the place. But I think that gig in London, England, is going to take the cake.
2: And we want to we would love to see Make You Mine on
0: the chart. That would make 2016 pretty fantastic. Well, I've heard the song. I know the song. I think it's going to happen, guys. Congratulations on everything you've accomplished north of the border, and congratulations about what you're going to accomplish south of the border here in the United States. Thank you very
2: much.